Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 149. Do you smell that? It's fast tracking. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, welcome back, John Richards. Hello, Josh. Uh, Hello, Brett. Hello, listener. And to my right, as always, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. It kind of smells like that asbestosy brake smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. totally, totally fast tracking. I thought there was an oil leak somewhere on the desk here. <laughs> fast tracking, of course, is, uh, is is important at this time of year because fall season starts in the US and uh, the, uh, the, the TV stations here find some shows that they deem acceptable enough to put on early enough without seeing whether or not they're successful in the States. Off the top of my head, didn't the last fast-tracking lot include a bunch of shows that got cancelled? after Bionic that? Woman? Yeah, yes. that's what I'm thinking. Very, very shortly. Well, in, yeah. it was also complicated last year because of the writer's strike. Mm. That is that is true. But uh, the, uh, the, the thing is, I think because of the writer's strike and because uh, it just didn't do well or that well last year, as well as they'd, they'd hoped, I think a lot of the networks now are kind of just dipping their toe in the fast tracking water. It must be. It must be hard because you don't know. You don't have that fallback of going huge success in America. It's like here it is. Oh, it's a bit crap. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Which uh, and that's know. that's part of the problem. And that's why why they're doing it because the the huge successes in the states get so much coverage on the web, and mm-hmm. so people are reading up about it and getting pissed off about it if if it's like six months before they actually get to see any of it. Whereas, And was, so they'll go and download it. Whereas yeah. back in the day, it used to just be... Uh, I you didn't have a choice. I would find out about a, a show, and I would hassle the uh, the network, and they would say, I've never heard of it. Uh, and I was like, oh, it's, it's really big in, in the States. Well, we've never heard of it. We have nothing to do with it. Or oh, maybe we'll get it in next year. John, this cranks on the phone again. And, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, the internet, wonderful. I love it for that. Uh, and also, it brings me so much TV. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well uh, later on in the show. We are going to talk about one of the shows that Channel 9 are going to be fast-tracking, Fringe, uh, is the new J.J. Abrams show. Where, that- where, where does the line lie in fast-tracking? How, how close to the U.S. broadcasters are it going to be? They're quite fast-tracked, I believe, because it was Sunday. I think Sunday was the screening Sunday in America was- of Fringe, and it's oh, really? on Wednesday. I think as, Are you sure? As far Cause, as... Because the second episode is on Tuesday, States time. I, I, well, I had read it was Sunday, unless the internet has Possibly. lied to me, which well, it, it can do. But I had read that it was basically within three days they were. Although that first episode of Fringe has been apparently on the net for about three months or something in well, various the pilot. forms. Yep. Yeah, yep. so... And that's that's actually how Channel 9 are fast-tracking it. They've just downloaded a torrent. <laughs> yes. And, and they're, they're going to show that version. They're blurring the, uh, out the, the watermarks <laughs> like they do uh, on South Park. Well, if you're Channel 7... Fast tracking is uh, anything between two days and three weeks. Uh, if your Channel 10 fast tracking is that same day, mm-hmm. uh, similarly if you're Fox 8, uh, and if you're Channel 9, it's uh, please no one mention Studio 60. <laughs> that's, that's what fast tracking is there. If you're the ABC, it's the 90s. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about Fringe, where uh, we've got an I don't buy it. Uh, John's brought in some theme tunes to uh, to to tinkle our ears. Very exciting, which we'll be reviewing. Yes, for yes. For, for copyright reasons, we're reviewing them. Thank you. Hey, guess what? What? The return of the quiz. Yes. 
About time. Oh Return of the Box Cutters quiz. Thanks very much to Crumpler. And something very exciting for Cat Brain. I'm, I'm not sure if we'll be able to actually do the presentation live. I, you you know what? I'm so embarrassed about that that I don't think we should do it on air. Okay. That's, I just, yeah. But we will have another ongoing uh, Box Cutters competition. To uh, go into the running for a crumpler beanbag. That's, uh, Again, with the announcing of things before we've worked out any details <laughs> we've at got all. The prize, so we can say it. <laughs> yeah, but we don't know what the competition. But there is, is a prize. And that's the important thing, Josh. There's a prize. Uh, yes, yes, that's true. That is important. There is there is a prize. It's a Zen competition. There's a prize. That's all you need to know. <laughs> just Think start about dreaming it. about uh, sharing the the big comfy. And if you bean dream bag. hard enough, you will win the prize. The uh, if you want to send us an SMS, you can do so right now. Zero four five eight Cutter zero four five eight two triple eight three seven. What? <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah, that number's never going to finish. It was just random numbers. <laughs> no, zero four five eight two triple eight three seven. It's like the Fibonacci sequence or something. You're just making them up. Zero four five eight two triple eight three seven. It's also zero four five eight Cutter. If you are, uh, you know, it's, it's box cutters. That's yeah. how that's how that works. Uh, and also, hooray at boxcutters.net if you want to send us an email. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. In low ratings news, or dear God, what have we purchased? What have we done? News. Channel 5's ratings for Neighbours are in. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And uh, whereas uh, BBC One, where Neighbours previously aired, had uh, oh, something like 4.2 million people watching. Channel 5 have 2.2 million people watching. That's a huge decline. After paying somewhere in the range of $600 million Australian for a five-year deal, was it? Yeah, 300 million pounds. I do have a theory on that, though. My very quick theory is that all English soap operas are miserable, completely miserable. Things Mm. like EastEnders, awful, awful things. Um, and I think Australian Soaps and Neighbours was quite popular because the, you know, the worst thing that ever happened was that someone put, forgot to put the bin out on bin night. That would be, you know, that would be the worst thing that would ever happen. And recently, Neighbours has gone quite dark, I think, trying to tone itself to the English market. And I think they've actually got... I think they've gone the wrong way. Well, yeah, we, we had the, uh, the, the postcard from Neighbours where we discovered that uh, a, a woman's sister had seduced her son and uh, was in love with her husband. And see, in EastEnders, that's the feel-good story. But, <laughs> but in, in Neighbours, that's yeah. I just think they've they've, they've gone um, the other day. I think there was an episode in which two of the characters got kidnapped by by someone, and you know, that's and not... and they and before that, the the only two sad things that had ever happened on Neighbours was uh, Bouncer died and uh, and Daphne uh, died. Yes. That's after Fleety killed her. After Fleety killed her. Uh, well, at the same time, actually, <laughs> the. Uh, so, yes, uh, Channel 5, I don't know what they... But they put a lot of money into Neighbours, because also remember, that's when Neighbours started uh, coming out in HD as well. Uh, they'd made that change for Channel 5. So, uh, yeah. Channel what 5 a- is also a low-rating station. I don't know, you know, 
I never quite know how that works because it's as much effort to watch one channel as it is to watch another. But you know, but yes, the last time I I people would follow. You know, that's they followed. They went from channel seven to channel (laughs) ten. When when the 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 most interesting thing on channel five when uh, I was last there 10 years ago was uh, Topless Darts. I'm not sure that people are going to Do you know follow. the amazing thing is, in my head, I was thinking Topless Darts. <laughs> like, I, I knew, yeah, it's the only thing Channel 5 is famous for. Topless it, Darts and documentaries about Hitler. It uh, wasn't that. <laughs> and know. the bunny presenting the news. Yeah. The weather. The bunny presenting yeah. the news about Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> documentaries about Topless Hitler. It's just three <laughs> themes in different orders. That's what Channel 5 does. So, c- considering that Neighbours has uh, pretty much survived only on its popularity in uh, in England, because if it mm. had to rely on its popularity in, in Australia, it would have been gone probably about eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is tolling well, the death knell But for Channel it? 5's committed, isn't it? I mean, Channel 5, I think, has a contract. We've handed over the cash. Oh, that's, yeah. So it's another five years, or another and, four years and, now. And it can always be retooled, and I actually think that's, that's if I was neighbours, I'd be going... Bright, sunny, happy things where all threats come from outside. Because that's what I think actually appealed to the English. Muslim extremists. Muslim extremists, you mm. know. Mm. and People and, that and, don't look like us. And King Street. Because King Street's always the most terrifying thing they can possibly do in Neighbours. One of the characters ran away the other day. Do they day actually go there? To, whenever they go to the city in Neighbours, because I've seen a few of these, it's always the city. It's always King Street. Like, the city is oh. represented by chain mail fences and, and scary people who are not like us. So, so they're going to the uh, they're going to the hippodrome. Yeah, well, they're, inflation. Yeah, no, they're just shitting up on the streets as you do in the city. Oh, yeah, 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 all but, the time. But, but that's the thing. But I think Neighbours has time to retool itself. I think they've gone too far towards the English um, ethos. That's that's my thought. I could be wrong. Well, and there's there's time to change. Hmm. Clearly, five years. Brett, uh, you've got further low-rating news. Uh, yes, Channel 7's Dancing with the Stars uh, this season has experienced its lowest ratings ever on the back of uh, having a new host. Daryl Summers, as we have reported, uh, walked away at the end of last season. Now Grant Denyer is uh, trying to take it. And also, I think, more importantly, the change in night. Grant Denyer? Grant Denyer's not hosting Star Dancers. Uh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. It's that guy was, from the bill. It's that guy from the bill. Daniel McPherson. Yes. There no, you go. that Sorry. guy from the Sorry. bill. They're, they're both kind of small, good-looking guys, aren't they? It was, either, t- it was either one of them or Richard Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel McPherson was interviewed saying he wanted that job, and I kind of thought that was... <laughs> I know, just somehow this weird <laughs> career path going, I've been an actor on a successful program overseas, now I've been an actor on a successful program locally, now I want to host a game show. <laughs> you know, it's like, where, where, where are you going with this? What's the end result? What's the end of this channel? Um, I, I think that Channel 7 should have seen this coming. And I, I, in fact, I can't see how they couldn't see this coming. Uh, Tuesday nights, as uh, veteran box cutters listeners will know, is the soft night in the ratings, yes. um, where uh, where Rove was able to uh, keep on going until uh, everybody got involved with his personal life and he came back to uh, star on Sunday nights. Um, and, but uh, yeah, they should have left it there, especially when they were changing hosts. Oh yeah, the, the, moving it to to a Sunday night with with a new host uh, is just taking too much habit out of out of people's lives. Mm. The, the people. Loved watching it on a Tuesday night. They had that in their schedule. They knew that Tuesday night was Star Dancers night. It also, presumably, though, involves the lineup as well. And I haven't watched any previous seasons, but I did watch one, you know, this this time around. And 
I could name maybe half of them. Yeah, it's no different to any okay. other season. Okay. The, the lineup is has been constant. In fact, they could have had the same contestants on for the past 28 seasons of mm-hmm. Star Dancers. I would have no idea who okay. was on at all. Mm, uh, mm. You know, and uh, and and you know, I've I've seen a significant number of the ends of episodes of Star Dancers because uh, it was on before All Saints, and and you're a big big fan of All Saints. Well, I, I, I watch All Saints pretty much every week. Yeah, uh, it's it's really gone downhill recently, and having just lost one of their uh, greatest assets, I don't know how they're going to recover from that. Uh, but the the writing has has gone downhill. But for the past two or three years, it was actually really good drama. I do apologise, uh, Brett. I've distracted him on all sorry. things now. I should have <laughs> yes. just shut up. Well, getting back to the story as an illustration of uh, where Star Dancers has come to last Sunday, uh, it finished fourth out of uh, <gasps> the broadcasters uh, getting pushed into that position by Doctor Who on the ABC. Oh, wow. I read that online today. The English, uh, one, of, one of the major Doctor Who websites, Outpost Gallifrey, very excited about the idea that Doctor Who actually beat something in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it was at, uh, I can't see the number, um, but it's, its lowest viewer figure ever. Right. Mm. A nadir mm. well, for star dancers. At, to this point, maybe it'll go down further. John, you, you have some news for us. I actually, I, I tried to find some news, so I feel I could join in. <laughs> um, this week on Saturday Night Live, in fact, um, Tina Fey returned to Saturday Night Live to perform with Amy Poehler, a, a quite astonishing um, parody of Sarah Palin and Hillary Clinton. Um, which I advise you to take to your internets now and have a look at. In fact, I think you can find it on my website, uh, oh. outlandinstitute.wordpress.com. I believe you'll find it there. But um, <laughs> Wait, what, what was that again? It, Sorry, it, I, was, I missed that. It was too quick. I think it was outlandinstitute.wordpress.com. Um, but Tina Fey, because people have been had commenting that Tina Fey looks a lot like Sarah Palin, the vice presidential Republican candidate. Mm-hmm. So she went and did the most astonishing parody of it. But the thing I liked was that um, there's a quote from CBS News from Tracy Schmidt, who is Palin's spokesperson. They were saying that um, Palin took it all in you know, all in good good of faith, course, as, you, course, as you would. You as know, course, as she, any she, people with lipstick would. She can laugh at herself. And she said she thought it was quite funny, particularly because she once dressed up as Tina Fey for Halloween. Can we see the subtext in that quote? I think she's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think that's the subtext. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought it was lovely this quote's been put onto the, all these news services, but no one actually going, hang on, dressed as Tina Fey for Halloween, that's just being bitchy. But uh, the, uh, the, I think if we can learn anything from uh, American culture and um, American elections, subtext isn't necessarily their strong point. No, that is true. That is true. So, you know, I, I love a lot of their shows, but a lot of them are very simple. And Sarah Palin can see Russia from her house. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it very international. Yeah. Uh, in uh, in uh, kind of geek TV news. Uh, what? We, we don't do geek, Josh. Next story. <laughs> According to PC World Australia, a, a new report suggests to internet service providers that IPTV is the way of the future. I haven't understood any of that sentence. Like, a whole sentence went by without me understanding any of it. Well done, Josh. Well, I'll... I'll uh, and you're, you're quite the nerd. 
I am quite nerdy, and, and, and all of that. All of that, yeah. nothing. Well, I, IPTV is uh, television through the internet, essentially. It's uh, it's like... <laughs> Lordy, what will they think of next? I know. It's like uh, it, VoIP. You, you're familiar with uh, with programs like Skype, and uh, which is voice over internet protocol. I've heard of them. Yeah. Uh, well, IPTV is television over internet protocol, so it's using... Uh, it's using the the internet. Well, let's call them tubes, and uh, and filling them up with television content and sending them straight to your television or your Is computer. Is this like live broadcast type television? Though? Yeah. Is it still so it's like watching Channel Nine, but on my computer. But on your computer. That's amazing. But uh, the thing is, there there are no channels because. Uh, you don't have to worry about channeling. You don't have to worry about using uh, certain parts of the bandwidth in, in the air because it's just all coming straight to you through the tubes. Okay. So, a new study has been done by a, a research company called IDC looking into the government's proposed, uh, what what is it called, uh, NBN, uh, National Broadcast, Broadband network theory. So, the the government is looking into a national broadband network, which they are calling NBN. You're going to hear that a lot in the next, I don't know, 15 years by the time it actually rolls out. Uh, and this is basically a chance for Australians to actually get world-class speeds using things like fibre to the node and other things that you're going to hear a lot of in the coming years. Uh, and so this uh, this survey has said uh, that the ISPs could get into the television distribution. Sorry, it, so it was, how long is this story, Josh? It's like the Fibonacci sequence all over again. <laughs> I'm, try, I just, I'm just trying to explain it. Because you said you didn't understand. And all I could think of was that Fibre to the Node's first album was great, but after that, they, <laughs> they so went downhill. <laughs> so they, they're saying that ISPs should uh, take this opportunity and start delivering IPTV to get people used to it because that's where the future is and the networks will die a horrible death. So, I mean, as opposed to us all just illegally downloading everything as we do now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, so... It probably means that whoever, whichever ISP you sign up with, you can get their content distributed to to you. So it would be part of your ISP fee. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is the way I would do it, so that people don't think it's actually subscription television because what you're paying for is your internet connection, which you're already used to paying for. So, because you've already got that coming into your house, then you just get this television as a bonus. And, oh, yeah, my fees went up, but I'm getting so much more. Mm. I wonder what uh, Foxtel might uh, come out and say in response to that. Uh, and if it'll be similar to what they said last week, talking about the uh, sports on the digital uh, side channels with the free-to-airs. And nine! That, uh, nine! <laughs> that's terrible. That's... what? What's, what's terrible? Which What? Fox, Foxtel was saying that uh, the the free to air networks being able to put sports on their on uh, their HD channels, yeah, is uh, is against the anti siphoning laws and uh, yeah, a boot, boot a Foxtel for yeah. that. Well, it's actually not. But that's a that's well, a it kind of it kind it's of not anti siphoning. So... It's it's part of the legislation surrounding digital TV, digital broadcasts. It's not about anti siphoning. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Speaking of uh, bad stuff, sure. Uh, 
Channel 9 and Channel 7's current affairs producers and reporters are to be sent to ethics school, as it were. Um, I'm not sure that there is actually a school of ethics, but uh, they're going to be uh, educated after a number of complaints against both of the programs um, and... uh, Channel 9's boss, David Gingell, having a meeting with uh, his news chiefs and the ACMA chairman, Chris Chapman. Chairman Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, after uh, having five complaints, serious complaints against the program since uh, 2002. Right. So five complaints. Well, serious complaints. What constitutes a serious complaint? Do we know? I'd be curious well, to know what... There's, there's a whole process where... It's it's not good enough to to ring up the switchboard and say that's mm-hmm. that's no good. You've actually got to put the complaint in writing, put that to the network. The network have got to have an opportunity to, re- to respond to it and resolve the issue. If that's not uh, acceptable to the complainants, then they get in touch with ACMA. Okay. So 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 it takes a while. It's going to be really serious. Do we know what they're going to learn? What are they going to learn in these uh, ethics classes? In, uh, in, in at ethics school, be- which I think, sorry, I think would make an excellent reality TV show. Ethics school, <laughs> that's actually good. Yeah, I'd watch that. A bunch of journalists from from you know current affairs type programs mm. are thrown together and given various situations. ethics school copyright box cutters two thousand and eight. <laughs> Uh, training along the lines of uh, compliance issues and uh, adequately presenting viewpoints and factual material accurately. So hang on. So that's what they're not doing. They're they're going to ethics school to learn how to be journalists. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And deportment. (laughs) Oh, nice. That's a side thing. How to to walk around with a book on your head. (laughs) Ethically. Ethically. That's nice. That's nice. In uh, in, in further acronym news. (laughs) Oh, no. IMDB.com, one of my favourite websites uh, of all time, even before Amazon bought it. Uh, it was great. Uh, the mm-hmm. Internet Movie Database are going to provide free movies and TV shows. What? To who? This is uh, according to uh, abc.net.au. But provide it to whom? P- p- humans. <laughs> and how? Australian and humans? American humans? Uh, doesn't say. Uh. This is a, a story that uh, ABC reprinted from Reuters. Okay. Uh, that uh, the uh, that IMDb is going to uh, show feature films and TV shows for no charge on its website. Over 6,000 titles will be available, including episodes of popular television shows like 24 and Heroes and classic films like Some Like It Hot. How have they organised that? Unless it's, I um, say, as Josh goes further into the article, yeah. I don't, I don't actually have that information. Amazon already di- offer downloads of films that you can like, buy, so you can you can buy films like a from, preview. No, no, no. You you buy them. You buy the download from okay. Amazon.com. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if that might be the same thing. You offer one episode of a television series in the hope of getting you into then buying the rest of them, but possibly. A movie? A movie? I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how you would make that work. But it's also, you know, we don't know what resolution they're going to show them in. They might just show them in a... a it might be a really small resolution, so it's not worth... Uh, it's it's not worth stealing yeah, eight by uh, twelve pixels. Yeah, <laughs> enough to get. But it could be, it could be exactly yeah. that. It could be enough to get you interested in buying the box set That's from true. Amazon. It, it, it could be that, but uh, it does not say if it's only going to be available to Americans. My guess is it will only be available to Americans mm-hmm. because 
International copyright law is so fraught with uh, with horribleness. And uh, in related news, Brett, your special fancy doesn't work so much anymore. Really? Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, I it doesn't work for a lot of uh, US-only websites. Brett's special fancy, John, is uh, is this thing that I, I didn't I didn't want to ask. No, go on. <laughs> it's uh, is is this thing that that people can use uh, to look at websites and it kind of masks their IP address and makes it look like they're coming from a different oh, country. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yep. So and it's an, an anonymous proxy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had noticed a few months ago, having a look on it, that uh, for specific purposes. Um, using it on the website, uh, you needed to have a, a paid account. So, uh, yeah. yeah, see, what's the point? Mm. If I'm already going to pay, I may as well just go to America. True. And look at the internet there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you got another story? I can't segue at all from America to Pack to the Rafters. Sure you can. A show that they don't have in America is Packed to the Rafters. <laughs> Which has uh, been granted a second season. Uh, the first three episodes of Packed to the Rafters um, have been going gangbusters with the viewers. Uh, being, uh, what in fact, sustaining up around the two million viewers mark. Which is extraordinary that a, a drama can, can sustain that. Those kinds of figures. Mm. Have, have you guys uh, seen any I, of it? I saw the first episode. I haven't had a chance to catch up with it since then. I don't watch things about families. I just refuse. <laughs> <laughs> what about... It's, I, it's sorry, your I, anti-family I, I was going to say that as a joke. The rest, that's actually quite true. <laughs> yeah, no, I just find anything about family kind of, you know, I, who cares? You know, all families are the same. It's, it's unless they're, they're, you know, funeral directors, and let's not set him off again. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless they have some kind of intriguing skill or, you know, freakish dismemberment, I'm not really that interested. And, so, I, and I find, packed to the rafters, yeah, I look at the ads and go, oh, I'm sure it's fine. But it's just, there's nothing to interest me. P- no. Packed to the rafters, seventh heaven, lost in space. Is none of that. Well, lost in space, they are in space. That at least gives them a certain kind of, you know. That, that's it's least... Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't, With... watch, I didn't watch it either, actually. But I'm saying at least it gives them something. You know? <laughs> family in a submarine. You know, maybe I'd watch that. Ooh, that's, su- a, that's a reality game family. show. Yeah. You drug them, you put them in a submarine, and they have to work out how to bring the thing to the surface or drown. Now talking of copyright uh, box cutter two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> talking of the magic three uh, review figure, uh, the third episode of Packs of the Rafters, I, I found well, it's been interesting that I enjoy it in spite of a number of things that's set in Sydney. That's very kind of obviously set in Sydney. There's a couple of quite dislikable characters in it. Hey, um, how can you not like something because it's set in Sydney? Oh, uh, because it's it's are, tainted are with that, that brush. Are you that parochial? <laughs> no, like. No, it's, no, it's, a, I it's only, about. I will only watch shows set in LA or Melbourne. No, it's no, 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 no. With that, Brad. No, I, I laugh because I know and I agree. That's the it's, thing. And I was thinking, I know exactly what it's Brad's just, getting. It's at. just the attitudes of the characters, the, the which which reflects the attitudes of of people in Sydney versus what I like. I was also, <laughs> I, I was also laughing because you just halved the box cutters audience, which is kind of you know. In one fell swoop, and that was quite amusing. Well, I think we've been here before. <laughs> we, we have. We, we, but, we yeah, have, haven't gone over the top with it. We, we've we've pretty much uh, ostracised every other state. <laughs> it, it, you know, we're, we're of course uh, in Victoria, more specifically Melbourne. Uh, although I'm from one side of Melbourne, and the other two are from the other side of Melbourne. The correct side. Yes, I'm on your side at the moment. Oh, at the moment, but y- your heart's not there. Go past Brad. your house almost every day. Your, pa- your heart's not there. No, it's not. In your heart, you're a north side. 
Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, so uh, th- there were three things. There was uh, there was that it's set in Sydney <laughs> that they eat too many chips or something. What, what was the unlikable characters? Uh, unlikable characters. The unlikable yes. characters. And uh, the third episode was was uh, it had a number of issues that that came up that actually kind of generated more unlikableness in more of the characters. Um, but uh, I'm hoping that the fourth episode actually comes back and uh, right and. Uh, and the fact that it's got a, a voiceover that really just tells you exactly what's happening on screen, no, that, that, that doesn't worry you well, at all? That's not your underbelly thing? It's Pack to the Rafters as well. Pack to the Rafters has a voiceover. How many episodes are there in the series? Is it 13? Can't tell you. Okay. It's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, in the news, please, let's get out of this one. Uh, little Bob Irwin wants his own TV what? show, apparently. This is uh, from an article in He's uh, like Sky News. He's four. He's four and clearly old enough to have his own TV show. <laughs> Apparently, That's he was uh, spotted during a television seg- segment wrestling with crocodiles, holding reptiles, and was also filming a TV spot on owls. Wrestling now, with I crocodiles. Love, I love owls. Just the little, little crocodiles, little baby crocodiles. I was thinking, yeah, the owls aren't violent enough. Should be owls with knives, you know, just to, to up the kind of Actually, stakes. Actually, if there. they if they do it quickly enough, then uh, maybe one of those powerful owls will come and take him away and eat him. Apparently, he. Uh, this is this is all. It's, it's not even attributed to anyone, but <laughs> apparently he's it's determined. No, it's Sky News. Uh, apparently, he's determined to have his own show. Without Bindi involved. Well, yeah, that, that goes for all of us, I think. That's yeah. uh, Bindi and not Bindi Paxton. Yeah, He's I, quite happy to have Bindi Paxton involved. Because you've got to have your show by the time you're six, or else yeah, you're too old then. You're yeah. over the hill. Yeah. That's, uh, that was uh, what Orson Welles did. His own TV show by the time he was six. And that is the Box Cutters News. Are you one of those that follows the ads? Follows the ads. Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. And I'll go down on you. Brett Cropley does not buy the Meji Mix ad with the two girls talking about good food mixes. And then the dude comes in and uh, says he'd like to mix the hotness of a chick uh the 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 good friendliness of his dog and uh his his guy friends so he can talk about the footy all day with uh, this this strange concoction and suddenly his imagination is materialized as a dog with his mate's face uh saying go doggies in the girl's voice the two chicks are uh, hot and maybe sisters um, the obvious choice for the for the mix would have been the dude with the two chicks kind of getting it on. I, I, what? What? Hang on. That would just uh, be porn, though, wouldn't it, Brad? I don't well, know if porn would sell Manji mix. In, in, in <laughs> well, my mind, not. in my mind, the, the, the way you've described this ad, mm. Brett, is that... Have you seen the ad? No. No, I haven't seen the ad. And I so, have seen the ad. And, and so and I just... This, this man has... Uh, a, a packet of Tim Tams, a genie comes out <laughs> and he creates some horrible minotaur griffin hybrid. That's pretty much it. Yeah, because right. I have seen the ad and every time I close my eyes, I see the ad again. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really freaking weird. It I, I don't get it. I don't know why I'm meant to buy something from it. I don't know why the, the dog human shouts go doggies. I don't know. It took me three goes to work out that's what they were saying. And Well, that's talking about the footy. 
But what the football team's called the doggies, well, the bulldogs, or, or whatever. You know, okay. it, it makes it kind of city non-specific. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's meant as an illustration of of um, how how bad people's choices can be if they mix up their oh, yeah. food. Yeah. Now I want to buy noodles or, or whatever it is that's advertising. <laughs> what, what is it advertising? It, it, it's mixtures of food that you chuck in the microwave and and then eat. Hey, what like a TV dinner? Is it compartmentalised food? No, or no, is it, no. It's, it's in just, a bag. And it's all in one... <laughs> it's getting harder, isn't it? Like we've gone from how does this ad sell its product to what the hell is this product? And now it's so going... Yeah, it's just like... So it's, it's like entree, main and dessert, just all in one bag. No, no, no. no. It, it, it's, it's a course. Right. It's, it's kind of like a, a two-minute noodles of the veggie world. So it's just a bunch I of think veggies. veggies. It's just veggies with a sauce in a bag. Yeah. Right. How's that mixing up your food? That's just cooking. Because they put more than one veggie in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's for people for whom more than one vegetable is a treat. That's, so, that's the... so, so get back to this guy screwing his sisters. <laughs> what what, what no, does no, that no, have no, to do with it? They're not related to him, but I think they're related to each other. <laughs> so I think, that, I think the ad is actually sitting there begging for... for you know, the imagination to go to, well, you know, if you want to mix it up. But even the notion that he says, you know, the dude together. he's saying my perfect hot chick would have my friend in it. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, and my yeah. dog. I mean, all of it's creepy. Like he's everything wrong. with every you know, you level. Know what? If, if my perfect hot chick had my friend in her. And your dog. I, I, would, I would dump both my, my hot chick and my best friend. And your dog. And my dog. That's terrible. <laughs> That's, I've never been so betrayed in my life. <laughs> but then you'd be so upset you'd buy some vegetables to kind of take the... Oh, no, I don't know. No, it's, it's weird. That's it's, just... I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Hello, I'm Courtney Hocking. If you want to hear about sports and cars... No, that's the wrong show! Oh, television. Then uh, listen to Box Cutters. It's pretty great. You are playing a thing now, Brett. Oh, yeah. Spin that wheel, Mr. Spin DJ. Spin it. Spin it! Orchestral hit. Now I'm lo- I'm loving this. It's it's filling me with uh, excitement, intrigue. Uh, there's oh, there's there's going to be uh, action and explosions, and yet it's ominous and frightening, and it has yes. a, has one of those great meows in it, which I think every theme can be improved by putting a synth. It, you know what? It could I could only like it more if it had theremin in it. That that is very true. If only everything had a theremin in it. Um, that's actually the theme tune from Survivors, which uh, it was a TV show ran from 1975 to 77. Um, I think it was a BBC production off the top of my head. Um, now, Survivors was actually quite a good show. It was uh, created by Terry Nation, who invented the Daleks and, and Blake Seven and many other things. Um, and it was basically a, a virus wipes out most of the population, and it's how the few people are left to cope in this new and cruel world. But being shot... In England, in the late 70s, it was shot on one of those kind of handy cams that, you know, which everything's horrendously brightly lit. Right. And <laughs> everyone was quite posh. And, um, and the reason I brought that in is two things. One of the Survivors is being remade by the BBC. Um, only now everyone will be all poor and, and cockney or northern. Cockney or northern is the only thing you can do now on English television. Um, and it has half the cast of Doctor Who in it. But the reason that 
song, that piece of music, which is by Anthony Isaac, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to play was, I, I got to talking to Josh about theme tunes, because last time I was on the show I was talking about theme tunes. And it suddenly occurred to me that there are, there's this whole interesting subset of theme tunes, and they are theme tunes that are, I wouldn't say too good for the shows they're from, but they're theme tunes that set a standard to which the show can in no way live up to. And I think Survivors is very much one of those. The theme tune, and especially with the opening credits, there's no way the show coming after that theme tune can possibly be that good. Yeah, well, that's, that, that, that is a, an extraordinary theme tune. Can, can you play a, a little bit of it a, again, okay. Brett? Because I, I, I really love the opening of it because the opening goes... Ooh, oh, no, that's the... There's a... Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. There's, there's something... Something's coming. Something's happening. This is the... the Isn't that where, great? To start off your show with that. Where hey, are audience, we? Hey, audience, settle down for an evening. Where are we? What's happening? Oh my god, there's some, something's going on! The credits are actually great because uh, they, they feature a, a, an Asian gentleman who's a scientist who's got a, a vial in one of those, um, I think they're called Waldo, but you know those, those things that we put your hands through. And he drops the vial, and as it smashes, liquid goes everywhere, and the title comes up. And we then have a montage of him at different airports until he collapses dead on the tarmac while uh, all these um, passports are being stamped with different you know, places, until finally, in red, as if in blood, the name London appears on the middle <gasps> of the screen. So it's this whole little story in the, in the 30 seconds starting off your show. See, and, and that's, so it's, it's, it's quite it's 12 great. Monkeys. It's very 12 Monkeys. Yes. It's, it's, I mean, it's a very bleak, you know, like premise for a show, especially for one that lasted three seasons. And, and uh, the first season's all about a woman trying to find her son who was at boarding school who she thinks is still alive. Um, that storyline never gets resolved because apparently everyone hated working with the actress and she got fired at the end of the first series. Um, oddly enough, to turn up in Quantum Leap, which we discussed right. <laughs> last time I was in. But, um, but it's such a beautiful piece of music. It's, it's really ominous and, and, and very, you know, very huge and, and, and sweeping. And I sent an email around to some friends to ask for suggestions of, of various other programs, thinking, you know, that there may be a very limited number of shows in which the theme tune sets a standard to which the others cannot live up to. Oh, no. No, surprising number. A surprising number. Even, yes, just discussing it then, we were, we were surprised how many we just, came up with. Just reel them off. And so we, we want to hear from the listeners. If you can go onto the blog and uh, in the comments for this episode, list as many theme tunes as you uh, can, can name that, in, that, fit into this, that fit into this category of tunes that are so good... You cannot do anything but be, be disappointed with the Once show that the follows. Once the show starts. Because you know, these were not necessarily bad shows. Survivors was not, by any means, a, a bad program. But, but it could just never live up to that first 30 seconds. Which... So the obvious one's uh, Charles and Charge. <laughs> yeah, I, you're not quite getting it. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, to give another suggestion, another one that got mentioned by a lot of people was Blake Seven. Um, uh, uh, yeah, again, a huge sweeping orchestral um, yeah, theme tune by Dudley Simpson, who wrote many other, you know, uh, great things, but um, but yeah, once the show actually started, you just got milk bottles in space. But you know, I think where where your your head goes with the music to create the vistas that the show could never actually afford to do. See, it's gone gone to the blog at boxcutters.net and uh, in the comments of this episode, please. Now, curiously, there was, it was kind of two genres only, though. It seems to be science fiction shows and action shows, particularly sort of seventies kind of action shows in which. You know, you'd have a lot of wah-wah guitar action and then everyone just sits around in a, you know... Well, we, um, we, we've played often the, uh, the Knight Rider theme tune. Have you, have you got that, Brett? Uh, I think it's... The, the Knight Rider theme is, is fantastic. And again, 
the show is just going to well, be especially those shows. I sort of say these age shows. You, you remember them. Things like Charlie's Angels. You remember them being full on excitement and and people shooting each other on ice skating rinks all the time. And if you watch them now, they're actually just endlessly dialogue sequences yes. in lounge rooms. You know, and and you're you're quite shocked and disappointed that that's. Oh, there we go. See, listen, listen to that is fantastic. It's a beautiful eerie wind there mm. as well. You know. And again, it's it's a theme tune that, that pretty much, you know, tells a bit of a story. Mm-hmm. It's it's an introduction to a person. It's got the electronic thing going through yeah. it, so it's, you know, so it's it establishes a, kit and... Yeah, it's a lovely piece of work. See? It's great. And then you watch the show and you go, I'm watching what now? <laughs> it just it just doesn't fit. You've brought another one in for us, though, well, today. Well, another one, because, again, I was saying about the action shows, and there are quite a few of that period that seem to suit it, but the one that somehow was, was the personification of, of the theme tune to which no, no show could live up to, because everything it promises, is the theme tune from Heart to Heart. Which, oh. as a kid, I remember just adoring. Um, which had the voiceover as well of Max. Uh, which it, indeed it does. And if you'd like to roll that, I think we can it's hear Max speaking to us right Tom, now. Tom Bosley's brother. What? Max is Tom Bosley's brother. This is my boss, Jonathan Hart, a self-made millionaire. He's quite a guy. This is Mrs. H. She's gorgeous. She's one lady who knows how to take care of herself. By the way, my name is Max. I take care of both of them, which ain't easy. Because when they met, it was mad. Sexy disco action there. Love that disco. You know what? I'm, I'm getting confused. I don't think Max was Max wasn't Tom Bosley's brother. No, <laughs> Bosley in Charlie's Angels was Tom Bosley's brother. Ah, hence the name the, Bosley. That's yeah. That's uh, it's that's weird. weird. I know it's weird. I'm Max sure. should have been Tom Bosley's brother, though. I think maybe you just you know you're putting the world as it should be. Yeah, well that's that's what I like to do often. <laughs> uh, yeah, heart to heart. It's that's fantastic and, oh, and heart to heart. That, curious because I, I you know tried to do a little bit of research, not knowing kind of anything much about who wrote these theme tunes. Um, it's written by Mark Snow, and that name rang a bell, and I looked it up, and not only did he write also T.J. Hooker, La Femme Nikita, he also wrote the theme tune of The X-Files. <laughs> and I just love the idea that, that those two pieces can somehow be connected. Uh, yeah, it's it's bizarre. That, what I love about the just listening to it now, the heart-to-heart theme, made me go, oh, you know what? I don't remember anything about the show other than the opening credits and Mr. Hart driving in that convertible yep. along the cliffs. And Mrs. Hart's in her convertible along the cliffs and Max is driving behind them in his convertible. <laughs> they're a three-convertible family. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, so that's, uh, that's theme tunes. It's fantastic, John. It's, I, think it's a, I think it's a great... A great concept. It is. There is an intriguing world out there of theme tunes too good for the shows they're on. So, yeah. yes, feel free to, to add your comments on the blog. Boxcutters.net. Hi, this is Lawrence Mooney. I've been on the telly. And if you're into televisual delights, then there's only one show you need to be listening to, and that's Boxcutters. You Get can also... into it. <sighs> Lawrence. Lawrence came all the way in to do that, and you had to cut him off at the well, very Well, now he can get the hell out. Oh, You'll Lawrence. have to undo the ropes. That we tied him up in last Honestly. week. Uh, if uh, you, you can also uh, 
text us your suggestions or email us your suggestions. You can uh, SMS us. Yeah, text it now. 0458 It's They're 10 digit <laughs> numbers. It's just the way that you slow down with the three. Seven. It is like, the way you, you kind of just randomly seem to extend that number. It feels like 15 numbers, even though it's, it's a, only 10. It's only 10 digits like any other, mm-hmm. like any other mobile phone number. Fringe is starting this Wednesday on Channel 9 at 8.30, I believe. Yeah, 8.30 makes more sense because it goes on for 100 years. <laughs> it's a very long... It's, it's, it, it is a very, it, it is a very, very long, long episode. Show. Uh, I think it's an hour and a half without ads. I think it'll be four and a half hours with ads. That's uh, that's my understanding. It's the new show from J.J. Abrams, who uh, he uh, he did a small show you might have heard of called Felicity. <laughs> mm, was that one of those late night ones? No, uh, sometimes. It was also a mid-afternoon one. Uh, uh, he also did a show called Alias. You, you familiar with that? Uh, it rings a bell. He's uh, also credited as being one of the creators of a show that you won't have heard of called Lost. Oh, no. 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 Well, uh, anyway, he's done this new show called Fringe, and he's been quoted in all sorts of press saying, I just wanted to make a show that people didn't say, oh, I missed an episode and then I couldn't get back into it. So I created a show that the X-Files. E- every episode is a potential entry point. Well, good for you, J.J. Abrams. You've made a procedural drama. See, I didn't Congratulations. Even, I didn't even know. I, I, yeah, I think we got the, the, the gist before that the Brett, Brett's the, the thumbs up man. So really, we should probably let him go first. But I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I got to the end of it and went, it's funny, I'm at the end of, of this pilot, which apparently has gone for about six or seven hours, <laughs> and I don't actually know what this show's about, and I have this horrible feeling that it's it's because it's that final scene where the boss is going, we're going to get you clearance, and you'll learn about the pattern and the ongoing well, plot. Spoiler, and spoiler. The, the, well, there's no spoiler, because there's nothing to learn. I mean, that's the there's, thing. It's, it's all just random words with capital letters. You know, it's like, here's, it's not the pattern, it's the pattern. All right, here's the, the, the premise is uh, X-Files. The, the, the premise is... I don't think it is. That the oh. premise is that you've got an agent working for a government organisation. I can't remember if it's the FBI or the CIA. She's the FBI. Or, right. She starts off as special the FBI. Special liaison. She's, she's special liaison. She's the, she's the FBI special liaison to the CIA. Just and to cover all bases. Just in case. And, uh, she and works for the RSPCA on weekends. They, they come across this, uh, this horrible... Uh, this horrible supernatural kind of f- phenomenon that uh, could kill people, and then she has to investigate it. It's not supernatural, and, but it could be. But it could be supernatural. It, I mean, the, the title "Fringe" should point out not about hairdressing, as I first thought. It's no. fringe science, or as as one of the characters correctly says, pseudoscience. <laughs> Actually, my, my favorite bit because I do I do kind of forgive any show that that sets up a premise and has a character going. That's just nonsense. It makes no sense. <laughs> And there is quite a lovely scene where, where one of the characters gets to do that for a bit. I really like that. Where but then he understands science. Or, or well, he's, he's, proved, he's proved wrong, is more the point. And he's going, you're letting the crazy guy do some crazy stuff. Why the hell are you doing that? I'm going, yeah, I'm with him, you know, which is awful. I shouldn't be with him, but I That's am. That's LSD. Well, and, <laughs> and, and him is Joshua Jackson, who was Pacey in Dawson's Creek, is a great actor and is given nothing to work with. In this show, I just, I just think uh, he's he's 
quite wasted uh, as far as talent goes in in this show. Well, I, I think almost everybody is quite wasted as far as talent, talent I, I, goes I in must this admit, show. Yeah, look, Brett, say some nice things and then I can savage mm. it some more. I think you guys are wrong. <laughs> no, say some nice things about the show, not about us. Um, we love being wrong. Well, I, I don't think that it is the supernatural stuff. I, I, and I don't think that there's any uh, kind of... Um, fear that it is supernatural stuff it's it's a clear kind of they're, they're looking at biological terrorism basically with with the opening scene on the plane where everybody's face and, and flesh drops off their bones and all that sort of stuff there, there's kind of some some unbelievable bits in there one of the first bits is that they just set this plane on fire and they burn all the passengers and and which is because yeah I was which willing, they, they publicize i was willing to kind of go with that but it's funny because yeah the, the premise of like you know um uh, flesh eating bacteria going out that's fine pseudoscience fine but it was just too much kind of weird stuff and my, my favorite bit is where the guy goes oh I, I need my workshop which i had apparently 20 years ago which my laboratory will still be there for some reason full of my equipment and like josh said it's like take me to the main set you know it just feels so calculated but and they could have built fake they could have built anything. They didn't necessarily have to say. He didn't necessarily have to say for for uh, set building purposes. Take me to my old lab because we've never seen his. Well, it's thing, but he could have been to any lab. So take him to the, to the old lab, which is the basement, and it's still full of his equipment from twenty or thirty years previous. Just felt. I don't know. It felt so. But I think that that actually adds to to the mystery around what's gone on. This guy was was working on fringe science, and something happened back 20 years ago and he he got taken away to a to a mental asylum um but it's that's still kind of to be answered well i think that was that thing put me off actually too was this thing i got to the end of, of what did feel to me like a very very long program and when i came out of my coma i i kind of just found myself going you've set this up but it, it's like with the X-Files, the X-Files, and possibly this is unusual for that sort of show, but the X-Files standalone episodes were far and away better than anything involving the ongoing sort of mythos of the show. Mm. Every cancer time, man. Cockroaches. Yeah, every time they tried to go into that, it all became, you know, Cancer Man and the Black Oil and, and Bees and that guy from the Invaders and Bees with Black Oil. And, <laughs> yeah, and it just kind of, you know, like, like and after a while you went, you have no idea where you're going with this, do you? No idea at all. And this felt to me like it was all that stuff without any of the standalone stuff. So it's like, oh, here's crazy robot hand woman for no reason. Well, you to, know, it's to, uh, no, no, to be to be fair though, <laughs> it's it's an establishment episode. It, it's yeah. it's the but, episode that that for anybody who really cares about ongoing storyline, here is as much of it as you're going but to it, get. It, so it because you don't so care about it at all. Mr. I'm going to look at Lost again from the very no, beginning no, no. I, and say, oh, that's so important. I didn't, say, I didn't say that I didn't care about it. I do, I do care about ongoing storylines. You said it like, like people shouldn't. My people my people pro- shouldn't for a show that isn't intended to have ongoing storylines. Exactly. No, but I, it is. I assumed it was, it was built around. I'm quite surprised for that, that quote with him saying you could enter into it. But my problem was more like, here are some characters you don't know. You don't know what they do. I want to learn who they are and what they do before you start showing me crazy robot arm woman. Or, or trying to tell me that Bill Gates is going to be a series villain or something. <laughs> you know, there's, there's all this stuff. And it's like, look, calm down. I don't know who this chick is. She's quite bland on screen. I was surprised to discover she was an Australian actress. Yeah, she's Australian. Yeah, because I actually assumed she was just a... Yeah, standard American. She's, oh, she's, and she is terrible. Like, I, I could not... I couldn't watch her. I enjoyed her. I had the same problem with her as I do with... with <laughs> you said that in such a dirty <laughs> way, Brad. I would have liked more if she had the head of a dog. <laughs> um, 
the be- I had this problem, problem that she reminded me exactly of the same problem I had with Alias, in that there's this woman who I do not for a moment believe is, is, is a secret agent. You know, like, I'm, I'm not even sure she could work at Topshop. And there she is, <laughs> apparently going around the world, going, I'm, I'm an agent and I'm, I'm a spy and stuff. Look, a wig. And, and I had that same problem with, with Fringe. I just did not believe this woman was an FBI agent on secondment to the I, CIA. And, you know, it's just... I found that the TV series of La Femme Nikita a lot more credible. And well, that and that show made absolutely no sense whatsoever. But she was a bogan chick, which I think made well, her kind of... Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Uh, can we talk about the giant floating letters? Because if you're going to investigate <laughs> curious things throughout the world... We should not mention the giant floating letters. Which I quite liked. <laughs> which I hated. I, okay, I in, liked as, as, a desi- as from a design viewpoint. For, like, like, for, for, okay, do- just, hey, wait, wait. We have to explain <laughs> the concept. For, for establishment and purposes... For establishment purposes, uh, when they move to a new location, whereas the X-Files used to have the little... Yeah, little title on the corner of screen. That that would tell you, oh, they're back in Langley, or oh, they're in the Siberian desert, or something like that. In Uh, that X-Files font. In the X-Files font. Here they will have giant... 3D rendering floating floating letters. letters. Sometimes they're floating. Sometimes they're just in a park. Sometimes they're on the side of a building, but they are giant. And the camera will go through Through the O. um, And we were saying in Iraq, you could look up and see the helicopter above the D. Above the D in Baghdad. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, because apparently you can see them from all angles, which means everyone can see them. It's a world, it takes place in a universe which is full of giant floating letters. Yeah. No, but they're not really there. What do you mean? (laughs) You know, it's been done before. The, the opening titles of the, the original Spider-Man was like that, wasn't it? And the Channel 9 News, actually. I think also has yeah, a giant floating lenses. That's opening titles. That's not in part of the telling of the story. But it's, you know, it's much better than, than start it black and, and fade in. No, it's a crap gimmick. But don't you think putting a title up saying, you know, Iraq is probably a bit more straightforward than here are some giant floating letters, which just is a bit distracting. Don't, don't crash into the giant letters. Look out, it's a Q! Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I, I think that it's a nice design touch. See, I don't. I think it's it's like... Because they're, it's they're, like watching... they're sympathetic to their environment. It's, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like trying to watch a, watch a whole show that is just filmed using Google Street View. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at how popular that is. It's just so distracting. It's so I found it distracting. It felt to me like they were desperately trying to create a style, and they went, "Well, how about giant floating letters? Yeah, that'll." Because also, I found the whole show was weird. That it was this weird combination of it was quite lurid in a way that I didn't expect it to be. It was the kind of thing that Roger Corman would have you know made as a film with Vincent Price in the late sixties. But that would have been fun and but watchable. Done, well, the thing, but done really po-faced and. And I also went that it was kind of a nice break to not see to see a show in which people weren't using really witty, funny, you know, pop culture savvy kind of quotes at each other because that's become the standard for that sort of show. But on the other hand, the dialogue was so clumsy and so um, oh, just constantly people saying exactly what they thought at each other, and it was just yeah, was, I found it very odd. It was now, a very strange, clumsy the, show. It's only the first episode, so uh, we have mm. not given this the three episode rule as mm-hmm. yet. 
And uh, can we- I count as two episodes though? Because I really no. don't want to have to watch two more. <laughs> no, no, it was, no, it was four hours it was long. I mean, it's it's the only show I've ever seen in which a car chase is obviously padding. <laughs> You're going, oh yeah, whatever. Can we get to the end of the car what chase? Padding please? car chase. There was no padding. There's car a chase. car chase. It's one hour twenty minutes thirty seconds. But it feels a lot longer. That's without ads. That's without ads. Yeah, that's, that's with ads. It's a week and a half. That's all of programming gold. <laughs> <laughs> It's we'll we'll uh, we'll, um, we'll come back and, and look at it again. Uh, I, I quite enjoy Mike Valley as a, as an actor uh, who I knew from Boston Legal. He's yeah, the I wasn't he's, he's the he's the crazy he's the crazy doctor. No, no, no. He's, he's the, the, uh, the, the 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 boyfriend. Yeah, the other agent. Oh. Admittedly, a very hard scene where 10 minutes in, the two of them have to convince you that they they love each other, and you're going, I don't actually know who either of you are yet. So this. And I, did, I did think as any actor would have a, a really hard time. I thought that you know, seems uh, sweet enough. And it's, uh, it's, it's got the lieutenant from The Wire in it. So yes. people might uh, enjoy watching him. Who was also in Oz. I loved his character in Oz. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, he was an undercover he cop. He was the in. undercover cop. Yeah. He became a junkie in Oz. Yeah. That's, uh, he was, he's a great actor. And I think, again, he's uh, underutilised in, uh, in, in this show. Actually, two, uh, two actors from Oz. Uh, also Kirk of uh, Acevedo. Um, who's the the other agent? Who's with the chick agent? That's uh, that's great exposition. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, Charlie Francis, right? So uh, that didn't help no. anymore. No, um, but also uh, Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick. Is that I, from the, I'm the just wire? going. She must have had a character name, and yet I have absolutely no no idea what memory it was. of it. I just felt yeah, such she was such a cipher, such a blank like cipher of a Olivia character. Olivia Dunham. Oh, is that the okay? Yeah, and uh, and and what about Pacey? What's his uh, his character's name? Pacey. Uh, that's uh, Joshua Jackson, Peter Bishop. Right. This is such a bland name as well, Peter Bishop. Anyway, that's uh, it's it's fringe. I, I recommend that you watch it just so you know what, what the hell we're talking about. And we are going to revisit it in a, a couple of weeks uh, to give it the, uh, the the fair three episode treatment. Just off the first one, I give it two thumbs up. Okay, question three. Which can all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Welcome back, quiz. What was that? What was that? That the quiz intro. Oh, was that what that was? Yeah, it was quiz intro. Okay. So I said, "Spent so long." I know. I know. That was the but, oral equivalent of the dog with the, you know, the person's face. <laughs> for, for listeners who will not have seen, Brett Cropley arrived at the studio today with a giant box in his arms. It's so big I had to break a knuckle to get it through the door. He actually injured himself he for this did. bride. This I'm, I'm holding up the injury to the uh, video no podcast camera. There's video podcast, Brett. <laughs> That's what you think. This, there is none. <laughs> There's no video podcast. Boxcutters.net slash vlog. It's not there. There's nothing. It's not there. Uh, the uh, quiz this week, the, the winner will receive a digit sporty guy in black slash grey. This is a, uh, a small crumpler pouch that uh, you can put... Uh, fried chicken in, so is my <laughs> understanding from the picture on the back of the... Is uh, that like the, the alternative to the robot tag? Yeah, yeah, they've got uh, fried chicken. I haven't seen the fried uh, chicken oh no, tag. Wait, it's not fried. It's uh, it's roast chicken. So it's better for you. Yeah, they're saying that the... Uh, the uh, essentially, it's made with chicken tex, 
which is the fabric of the future. I just love that oh. crop that's sitting around going, what else could you put in our bags? What, what else could <laughs> we make a bag for? Well, because if you go to their website... put chicken in there. If, yeah. if you go to their website, they show you how many laptops and uh, six-packs. Slabs. You, oh, can, right. okay. you can fit in. You can fit in your bag. That's their measurement. Uh, uh, yep, yep. You know. This is. Uh, d- d- let's talk a little bit about chicken techs from Crumpler. Yeah. Developed by the renowned technical fabric buff, the celebrated Dr. Zoma. Chicken Tex oh, is strong, Zoma. waterproof, blah blah blah. The usual shite. <laughs> Actually, it's not too bad at all. Dr. Zoma says. Yeah, but of course, when you see, of course, the moisture, which, yeah, of course, is droplets moving, of course, in all directions off the fiber, of course, it bounces, resulting in, yeah, a very dry case. <laughs> so it'd be perfect to put your, your uh, little camera in there. Your little, uh, yeah, you can put your little cra- camera, you can put your big iPod. you got to say crack pipe. I was not going to say crack <laughs> pipe. <laughs> You can put your fried chicken in there. It's it's great for anything. So uh, you can win the uh, digit sporty guy thanks to Crumpler. How? By answering this question, which is it's- what is the show that this theme tune is from? Sexy and disco at the same it's, time. Yeah. It's a little bit Forbidden Planet. Yeah, yeah. And a little bit Rock Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, for, for both audiences. Oh, uh, now I just want to see a film where Shaft is on Forbidden Planet. <laughs> With a very abrupt ending. It, it and, and the, oh, yeah. the bass going out of key at the end there. Well, you yeah, know, that's when they had to run out to get some more smack. So, but, if, um, if you can tell us the name of the show that that is the theme to. Let's see you try on Wikipedia that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of goes, waka, 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 waka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, uh, if you can tell us by emailing us, hooray at boxcutters.net or using the contact form on boxcutters.net. Can they enter by SMS? You can enter by SMS. What would that number be, Josh? It would be 0458-288-37. Did I say that right? <laughs> uh, where is it? 0458-CUTTER. 0458-288-837. See, that sounds normal. Yes. When Brett says it, it sounds normal. When you say it, it just sounds insane. 0458-288-37. No, you can't do triple eight on mobile numbers. In, in second, yeah, in that you're, just, second, you're just going uh, crazy. Um, I don't know if it'll help if, you, but I, I'd like to point out that song is off the same CD of, of theme tunes to which the program can not live up to. So, you know, think of a show uh, that that just wouldn't help. See if it was uh, 0458 337. No, don't say that! Now people are so, going to have the wrong that, number! Oh, you could do it, but that's not the right number. The right number is 0458 237. Uh, if you do uh, text us on zero four five eight two double eight eight three seven, 
or 0458 Cutter. Uh, please include your name and contact details. <laughs> Uh, in that text. And a self-addressed envelope. <laughs> yeah, please in SMS us a self-addressed envelope. Uh, yeah, send your answers by 4pm next Tuesday, the 23rd of September. Uh, and you will be in the running to win that uh, crumpler sporty guy with the fried chicken in it. Uh, and as always, if it uh, if no one gets the right answer... We carry it over, and everybody who did answer and answered incorrectly uh, gets another chance. That's how that works. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Now, has anybody been watching the new series of The Mighty Boosh that SBS is showing on Monday nights? Yes. Isn't it fantastic? Yes, I think. Well, I think it's. I think it's. Is I it better than what they have been previously? No, but it, they were fantastic previously. I think they're just as good though. Yeah. I'm really glad to see that the Bush have not gone down the uh, shark jumping path. Very, very good series. I really I loving expected it. nothing less from the boys. Well, I was a, a little bit worried. What's, little what bit, series is this now? How many? Have they series done? three. Okay. Uh, it's. Uh, it's just such a funny show. If you haven't caught it, The Mighty Boosh is uh, Wednesday nights, I think, 9 o'clock. No, no, Monday uh, Sorry, Monday nights. After oh, right. South Park. Uh, eight, eight? 9 o'clock, I think. 55? Uh, it's a strange time. Whatever. After South Park. Yep. Watch South Park and then go through to The yeah. Mighty Boosh. Speaking on of South Monday Park, nights. did you see the episode last night? Having I, a go at the WGA. I saw... Being on strike. I yeah. saw uh, the end of it and I couldn't work out what, what it was about. Because I, I didn't realise it was a new episode. Right. Uh, who, for some reason, called themselves the WGA. Oh, I see. Now it all makes sense. And they all went out on strike and they were starving because they weren't... They were in negotiations. Right. And uh, and the person negotiating couldn't uh, send them back to work without having something that they could say that they'd won on. And then they get Bennington's vouchers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, you wanted to talk about... Uh... I didn't want to, but I, <laughs> I, I, I felt it might just happen. Um, I, I watched Taken Out uh, on more than one occasion this week. I, I can't even explain why it happened, you know. Um, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll give that more than one episode. Well, no, but I mean, fringe. at least one attempt was to try and watch The Simpsons. <laughs> For some reason, it was replaced with an episode of Taken Out. I think Channel 10 is possibly desperately putting it into every slot in the hope that someone will watch it by mistake. Isn't it just 7 o'clock every night? No, it, it turned up at 6 o'clock the other day as well. Really? So, yeah, as well as 7. That's why I don't know what was going on there. Mm. Maybe they just put the wrong tape in. But it was just... Um, yeah, it's it's a fascinating show. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but 30 women stand in a circle and uh, judge someone harshly. And uh, I, oh, I, really? I did suggest it could also be called Room Full of Slappers. But that's a horribly <laughs> sexist thing to say, and I shouldn't say. And it's only it's only the mass women against one Basically, guy. Basically, one guy stands out there, right, and he walks out, and the women can either leave their light on to say that they might be interested in going on a date, um, or they can turn it off. Um, so it's kind of weird dating program. But what's intriguing, and a friend of mine was working on it, and he said he started to spot this, and, and admittedly, they're obviously after a certain type of woman to be on this show. But um, my friend was commenting about the fact that, you know, women for, for you know, generations, if not hundreds of years, have been judged on their appearances. They've been you know, treated really badly. They've been, uh, you know, shallow men, blah, blah, blah. 
And suddenly they're doing exactly the same thing so that the gentleman will work out, walk out onto stage and 15 women will turn the lights off. This is before he's had a chance to even say anything. And, and he's just been quite horrified to watch how harshly the... I don't know what they call them. So, the quorum. So, so this should really be, rather than taken out, should be uh, century gender payback. Yeah, maybe it is, yes. Revenge. Join us on Channel 10 for Revenge, <laughs> in which a number of brightly orange women get to <laughs> treat a man quite harshly. They, half of them are orange on my telly, and I can't work out if it's just my telly is reacting against taking out, or if these women genuinely are orange. It's It's... It's very, very strange. And, um, and apparently every episode kind of ends up with, with, you know, the man being driven off in tears because no one wants to go on a date with him. But my friend was telling me how on the weekends, I don't know if they were doing it the other way around, so there'd be 30 men in the circle and one woman, and he said the blokes just leave the lights on for the whole thing. <laughs> like, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, blokes going to reject a woman. It's like, it's, is she going to put out? Well, that's the hope. Is, like, yeah. is there a penalty if they if turn I, off their light early? Well, well, no well, blowjob. Well, well, uh, no, no, for the for the girls. The, way it's, the way it's meant to work, I believe, is that the, you know, the gentleman comes out and they go, "Oh no, no," and they turn the lights off and they go, "Tell us about yourself." Okay, well, I'm a millionaire um, who likes to just throw money at people, and then they go, "Oh damn, I wish I left my light on." So it's meant to be this kind of horrible thing both ways. It's like everyone's shallow and, and mean. Uh, and it's like the Walk of Shame in the Weakest Link. That was always so, such a so but also imposed. It, it's obviously on the a show. Format. Based around that, and the thing which I, I may or may not be allowed to share, I've been told is that um, they choose the next um, contestant, like the next male contestant, while the, the previous one is still playing, because they want to mix up longer games with shorter games. But what this actually means is apparently they have a kind of corral of the uglier gentleman and the more attractive gentleman, and they alternate between the two. Allegedly. Um, so I've been told. Or not told by someone who may or may not work on the show. But um, so, so, so it's... Uh, it- Everybody, uh, good luck to, to uh, Patch and uh, and and <laughs> and Scala, who are going off on their on their date because they they got onto to taking out. And now, welcome Igor. Yeah, Is that- I, I believe it's. I mean, I think the whole show is based around just humiliation and pain, um, as most reality game shows are. Hmm. But it's just kind of yeah. It's one of shows that just makes you feel worse about both life and and the people. In it. Oh, great. I can't wait to, to get home in time to watch I'm it. I'm curious to know how it's rating. I have yeah. no idea. I think it's rating all right. Is it? I think it's doing all right for Channel 10. Okay. It's lasted longer than Yasmin's getting married. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then it doesn't have the Joe Stanley kiss of death. So. Only uh, top 30 on Monday last week. Right. Just. Number 29. Uh, and presumably it's doing very well with Orange Women, who I think are a main Channel 10 demographic. <laughs> 656,000 viewers. Right. Yeah. Uh Brett Pork. Yeah. Um now it's it's I've got a new guilty pleasure. And I I was wondering if you guys could help me out with which is the worst. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> John may not know that uh that uh, I'm I'm a long-standing fan of Ghost Whisperer. Um there's there's something there's something touching about uh, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and and the the show. Even though I know that you know she's engaged now, Brett. That it's a to whom <laughs> you you know she's not real. <laughs> she's real. She's, what are you she talking has, about? She has skin blemishes like any other girl. <laughs> now I know that the show is uh, emotionally manipulative, but it still gets to me. Like uh, and and I'm usually cynical about these things, but I, it'll still 
touch me at the end. But um, I, I found myself in the position the other night where uh, where somebody was slagging off uh, my new guilty pleasure. Um, but I, I couldn't face admitting that uh, I quite enjoy it and, and so defend it. And that shows Wipeout. <gasps> Josh Canal is shocked. He is. I... <laughs> Brett Cropley. I really enjoy it. Now, is, is this the one where people are thrown off enormous balls? Am yes, I Am I thinking yeah. the right? Okay. And they have to leap over the birds on, on the thing that swings around. Crowbar. Yes. Not that I've seen this. Um, the, yeah, the birds on the thing that swings around. That was the one where at one point I went, you could actually damage yourself quite badly on this yeah. program, which is why it's filmed in Africa or somewhere, isn't it? It's filmed in, Argentina. in Argentina. It's filmed somewhere where obviously health and safety laws do not apply. Um, oh, yeah. Brett, you should have kept that to yourself. <laughs> Ghost Whisperer are you, and Wipeout. Are you disgusted? Ghost Whisperer, I understood. Wipeout? Really? I am disgusted. I am actually disgusted and think less of you as a human being. <laughs> but I... I can I tell you what it's about? It's not about. It's not necessarily about, it's about, about. The, the physical. It's the subtext, Josh. You're missing the subtext. <laughs> how can you? How can you not like gladiators me, but like, like Wipeout? Because because the crowbar, Josh. The crowbar. <laughs> well, it's not just that, and it's it's kind of outlandish, and people can actually get hurt. But the commentary on uh, on Wipeout is it's comic genius. No, it's not. It's it's sexist. And it's, it's hilarious. It's it's not in any way hilarious. It is s- some of the most uh, just unintentionally sexist and racist and uh, homophobic, and, and, maybe. homophobic. Yeah, Where and I love you balls. It's just <laughs> terrible. There is nothing at all to like about that show. <laughs> so I'm just thinking head around that they're flying stupid Americans down Listen. to Argentina to possibly injure them for television. Yeah, that's just, that's weird. L- listen to what your enjoyment of that show has done to my voice. <laughs> and you've made Jennifer Love Hewitt seem classy by comparison, and I will never forgive you for that. But uh, on, on the brighter side... I, I want to hear nothing On else. the brighter side... <laughs> The footy show no longer figures in my, my top three uh, guilty pleasures. Well, there's, there's no room. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 149. Nothing more for you, <laughs> Nothing at all. I uh, want to say thanks very much to Crumpler, our giveaway sponsors, who give us stuff to give away to you. You can find them on the web at www.crumpler.com.au. Also, thanks to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. Sometimes we have to make concessions to them because they need to use the studios and... Uh, this week and next week are those times they're using them for training so that more people can learn how to produce excellent shows like they have on Triple R. They should be the only times uh, for this year. Oh, fantastic. So uh, back to Mondays after that, hopefully, Jewish holidays permitting. Uh, If you want to text us, you can. 0458 (laughs) 2... See? 0458-288-837 or 0458-CUTTER yeah, yeah, or email us at boxcutters.net contact us through the contact us form on boxcutters.net leave your messages on the blog 
as a, a comment. Uh, look for changes coming to the blog as well, more more changes. We're looking at a different commenting system and uh, and other ways around that. Mm-hmm. Things are definitely happening in the world of box cutters. And you can help us keep things happening in the world of box cutters by filling out our survey. You'll find it on boxcutters.net in the top right-hand corner of the page. And uh, just click on that link, take a, a couple of minutes to fill out the survey and uh, help us with a little bit inf- of information about who listens to us. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I've been John Richards. I continue to be the wipeout-loving Brett Cropley. <laughs> Boom! Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. 